Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, I'm Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priest for Life. Welcome to our program. And today, boy, do I have something that you're going to have to stick with to hear. Do you want to know what's going on in Israel? Do you know how you can stop women from wanting to abort their children in Israel during a war-torn environment? Well, joining me today is an expert, and we're going to show you how you can help Israel right now on this program. His name is Nir Solomon, and he's the Executive Director of Ephrat. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Anna. Well, just tell our, our people a little background. How did Ephrat get started in Israel? So Ephrat got started realizing that there is unfortunately an abortion issue all around the world. It's not just in the United States, it's everywhere. Israel included, unfortunately. And the main driving force for abortion, just like is in the United States, is really financial pressure. You know, how am I going to have the child? Right. People trying to force you. You have to have an abortion. You're too young. You can't do this. You can't continue school. You can't. <coughs> or if a family has three or four children already. Oh, and not another one. It's just too much. Too it's much. just too much. Right. Usually when the women are able to just lower the pressure. Let's take the example of I have two children. Right. And now unexpectedly she became pregnant. The husband, her environment is telling her, well, you can't have a third. And she says, well, I, I understand that I can't have a third, but I really want to have this child. I'm already pregnant. Right. So we come in and we alleviate those pressures. Wow. <coughs> How do you do it? So the most <coughs> amazing part of doing it is actually just, and, and that's what everybody needs to do, is just tell this woman she's not alone. Right. How do we do it? She's not alone. So when we find out that there is a case of somebody considering an abortion, we immediately send a volunteer to her to just befriend her and tell her, listen, I was in the same situation. Most of our volunteers went through abortions themselves or have been helped by a frat. And they come to them and say, listen, I was in the same situation. Right. Trust me. A woman, when she has an abortion, most women regret having an abortion, but no woman regrets having a child. Right. And a lot of times they bring their <coughs> child with them. And they say, oh, you know, wow. we were about to abort this child. Can you imagine what our life would have been like Right. And then she says, okay, you know what? The truth is, I don't want to have an abortion. But ha my husband is telling me, how can we afford? Right. Says, how can you afford what? <coughs> now, you and I can't really afford children. If you think about how much, how expensive children are throughout the years, oh. we can't afford it. It's over. Right. But they're just thinking short term. Right. They're thinking, how can we afford a crib? How can we afford a stroller? How can we afford to buy new clothing for the baby? Right. Diapers. Diapers. How can we afford that? So we tell them, okay, okay. That's not a reason to terminate a pregnancy. If you want to have the child, we will there, we will be by your side. We will provide you all of that and more. What does that mean? So when the baby's born, when an Efrat baby is born, before the woman comes home from the hospital, we send to her a whole new birthing package, which includes a brand new crib, a brand new stroller, brand new clothing, everything the baby needs, a, a baby bath, everything the baby needs and then she says wow. well what about afterwards so we 
give her the promise, <coughs> and we deliver on that promise. We've been delivering for almost 50 years on this promise in Israel. We've helped over 86,000 women in Israel directly have their children, and we provide for them monthly packages for 24 months after the baby's born of diapers, of nappy wipes, of baby whatever, formula, yeah. <coughs> whatever the woman needs to at least alleviate her pressure. Right. And now, you know, these generations of children are walking around because somebody told her, you're not alone, the Efrat organization. That's amazing. It That's amazing. amazing. And just tell us quickly the website they can go to make a donation. You can go straight to Efrat, E-F-R-A-T dot org, www.efrat.org. Efrat was the name of Miriam, of Moses' sister, who saw the future. Right. She made sure <coughs> to help. Just be there. She was a midwife. She what does a midwife do? She holds the hand of a woman who is about to give birth. Right. She helps the birthing process. Right. But she holds her hand. Birth is natural, right? We made it into a whole big crazy medical thing, right? right. So we go to <coughs> women in Africa, they have on the field they have their children. I know. It's a natural thing to have a child. But nonetheless, what's not always natural is the emotional stress. You need to have somebody by your side hold your hand. Efrat today helps over 3,000 women every single year. Wow. And, and during the war, we could speak about That's this in I a second. That's what I want to ask you next. We're, we're, we've <coughs> even expended over 3,000 women a year. The entire package of saving a child's life cost us on average, because we're so large in Israel, cost us on average $1,500. Wow. I know that's ridiculous, because if you think about how much it costs to buy a crib, a carriage, all of these things, we are importers for the ability to provide it at a cost that you and I cannot buy wow. you know, at the shop. That's and they great. get a brand new, it's <laughs> not donated. Obviously, funds are donated in order for us to buy $1,500, and you actually partner with bringing that child. That's amazing. Okay, so <clears throat> October 6th, the whole world changed in Israel. Tell us, what was that like for Ifrat and your work? <clears throat> so first of all, we realized that since the organization has been around for almost 50 years, a lot of the children of Ifrat are now in the war effort, whether they're on the front lines or they're now <coughs> enlisted into the army, we had to show them some warmth. So we ran around, we did a, an emergency fundraiser and we ran around giving them warm jackets just to give them a hug from our organization. Wow. Not necessarily <coughs> our kids, we didn't know who they are, we just ran <coughs> to soldiers that are in the field that are cold. And all of a sudden we discovered all of these soldiers that are frat children. Wow. One father told me the following story. He said, you know, my son, is in the elite Oketz unit, that's the K-9 unit. And if you've seen a little bit of news in the war, because of all these crazy tunnels that they've built, they sent these amazing, amazing holy dogs, I think we could call them holy dogs, they're really doing amazing work, trying to find you know, where these places are booby-trapped and to find the terrorists inside of these wow. you know, tunnels. So he's in this elite commando K-9 unit. And he says to me, you need to help his unit. I said, well, Okay, well, what how do you know? What's, what's the story? <coughs> they need these warm jackets. They're cold. They're fighting in Gaza. You have to provide for them. I said, okay, but why are you being so aggressive? He says, what do you mean I'm aggressive? He's our child. What do you mean it's our child? He said, well, don't you remember 20 years ago, you fought for his life. And today wow. he's fighting for yours. 
And those stories just started repeating themselves more That's and more amazing. and more. It is amazing. It is amazing. And see, <coughs> you said that number, what, 86? Over 86,000 children. children. Correct. Look at that generational effect. It reminds me of the story of Schindler's List, you know, from the Holocaust. Yeah. And what did he say? I think it was 1,500, 1,600 uh, from Nazi camps being exterminated. And people don't realize that abortion has a generational effect. It's just, it's just, I find it so amazing. We have one volunteer <coughs> who actually had an abortion or ha had struggles with, with, with different issues, and she just realized that she needs to go out and help other women. Wow. She has a child, and she said to me she has saved over, single-handedly, over 1,300 children. Oh, my goodness. So she escorts over the past couple of decades <laughs> 1,300 women. So she says, I go to the beach up north in Israel, and people sh show up and say, oh, my God, this is your child, this is your child. Oh, my goodness. And amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. But she says to me an amazing <coughs> story. And this I want your listeners to hear. She says, you know, my son underwent a surgery. He was in his late teens, and the surgery became very, very complicated, and I didn't know if he'll survive. And she said, and I turned to God, and I said to him, I saved so many of your children. Can't you save mine? Wow. And my, she says to me, my son is absolutely okay, absolutely fine. We have the ability to actually help a woman in so much distress. Right. Make her happy. Give her the greatest take gift the of life. Take that pressure away. Take that <laughs> pressure away and actually bring another child into the world. And that child can you create worlds. We have no idea, <laughs> right. no idea. We have a volunteer. She was supposed to be aborted. And she said, you know, I... At the end, my mother decided not to have an abortion. Today, I faced a medical situation where the doctors were trying to convince me to have an abortion. She reached out to, she didn't even know it was Ifrat. Somebody told her there's this medical doctor. He was the founder of our organization. He reviews medical records right. to see if the <laughs> underlying really condition has right. anything to do with the need to have an abortion. And he said to her, listen, one has nothing to do with the other. She says, thank God, because I had that child and then I had nine children afterwards. Wow. She says, and I have this huge family because my mother was brave. She chose to have me. I went along to be able to help all of these, my own children, 10 children live, and now I have so many more children through volunteering for a frat. We have that ability. We have to seize it. In the time of war, where we appreciate life so much, I know. this is an opportunity. So at a frat, we created a campaign. I want you to know about this campaign. It's called A Soldier Fallen, A Baby Born. Trying to create miracles out of their memory. So many soldiers that won't realize having a family. Right. So many soldiers that could have had, you know, tremendous generations after them are, are th dying. Are <coughs> dead, are no longer with us. Right. So we went out on a campaign for Efrat and saying, listen, my son who's fighting the Golani Brigade, we can give him bulletproof vests and armor and ev we can't guarantee his life. Right. But these children that are about to be born, we can. All it costs is $1,500. You can go on our website, it's efrat.org see what Efrat can do. You can partner with Efrat and be a partner in the lives of these children. That's, that's really amazing. And so you yourself have a son who's fighting today and Correct. at risk. You know, and I think all of us here in America, so many of uh, families here have 
soldiers over right now in the Middle East. Matter of fact, a friend of mine, her son was on an aircraft carrier oh, over wow. in the Mediterranean. Oh, wow. And we were living that, that tension feeling every yeah, day. Every and then they swapped the aircraft carriers. They came back and another one went. But still, it's like your heart goes out for a parent who right now is watching their, their child and they wake up every day not knowing will they be okay today, right? Right. It's, it's it, a it's very <coughs> difficult, we have lost a lot of friends. Yeah. Both adults and friends of my, son, of my son or friends of my daughter. Right. It's very difficult. And to say you've lost a lot, that's already strange. Yeah. You know, on October 7th, at the beginning of the massacre, we already had two friends that were missing. We discovered days later that they were murdered. And then in the war, you know, um, I remember my son telling me a story. They, there was a uh, certain soldier that was killed, and they actually sent them to be in the funeral procession. Wow. And he says to me, <laughs> Abba, he says to me, you know, Abba is the Hebrew word for father. Right. He says to me, you know, that was very difficult. I said, what? And later on it was televised because the soldier, his uncle is the chief of staff in Israel. Right. So it was televised, and I see my son, you know, on camera. He lowered the casket, you know, down into the, into the ground. I said to him, what was difficult? That you put the body, you know, into the ground? He says, no. He says, I saw the mother crying. Right. And I started crying, and my commander, you know, elbowed me. He says, you're in the professional, and you're part of the army. There's no crying right now. No crying. So he said, okay, I stood up. Okay. Right. He says, but I'm telling you, when I saw that mother cry, I started thinking about my mother and how much stress she must be in. A lot of these abortion situations, the woman is even in more stress than that. Right. And we need to be there by her side. Exactly. You can tell me, you know, we love your wife, and I'm by my wife's side. We need people to be by these women who are really in so much stress. And if we alleviate that stress, we give them so much joy, and we bring their child into the world. And Nothing gives more joy to a, a mother than her child. Right. Well, you know, um, uh, I always think of those images I first saw when that first attack happened in Gaza. Yeah. And people have to realize, I saw these pictures of like a, a, a kitchen there. The fan was still going, the breakfast dishes were on the table, and there was blood all over from the massacre. Yeah. And I said, do you realize these were people who were just getting up that morning, having their family breakfast, and they were slaughtered, right. slaughtered. And, and I was just saying, oh my gosh, we all want to help. And I'm so glad uh, near that I got to know you and you were here and we can help partner with Ephrat because I think here in America, we're very frustrated looking at the slaughter and saying it has to stop. And so I really want to thank you. One final thing, look at our people and tell them how to help you. Go ahead. So I would love every single one, however you can participate, whatever you can do, contribute to Efrat and be a partner in saving additional lives in Israel. And when you partner with Efrat, at least you'll be on our social media, you'll be in our email list, and you'll be able to see all the updates, especially now that they are happening in the war. EFRAT.org, Efrat.org, go on our website, Become a partner, donate whatever you can, whether it's $10, ten, $100, or $10,000, whatever it may be, become a partner in saving these lives and helping these families grow. That's great. And guess what? I, I normally would like to end in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to, you know, to give us a prayer. Well, really, I pray that everybody listening to this 
watching this and understanding the severity of those that really celebrate death, that we counteract that with celebrating life. How do we do that? So I said this to a student of mine once, walk outside every morning and when you walk on the street, just stop a stranger and tell them, I love you. Do whatever you can to spread support and love and embracing life. That is the biggest counterattack to these savage terrorists that celebrate death. Become a partner with Efrat and your local organizations that help to celebrate life and help an additional mother, father, and their child grow their families. Thank you. EFRAT.org, Efrat.org. Thank you and God bless and a good journey back to Israel. No, you, you will be much. in our thoughts and prayers every single day. Thank you, Janet. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope you learned a lot today. And you have to remember, there are some abortions only you're going to be able to stop. And therefore, there are some lives only you can save. Join us again next time. Thank you and God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.